I'm going to invite you to go with me, please, to the first book of Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14 this morning. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. Today happens to be uh, Valentine's Day, and it is a day in which uh, we stop and think about and celebrate uh, love and for some, this is also, I have heard, National Singles Day, and that's when uh, I think it's a protest holiday. In any case, uh, this morning I want to talk about love because love is the root of the teachings of the Bible. And the scriptures here give us an instruction which is perhaps difficult for some and uh, perhaps difficult for all at times. But it is an instruction for living that is going to lead to blessing if you follow it. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14, do everything in love. I want you to say that out loud with me this morning. Do everything in love. This is an instruction given by God to us this morning. It's an imperative. If we are to have a, a life full of all of the goodness that God intends for us to have, it is imperative that you and I live out this text. And although it is only four words, these four words can make the difference. I believe that if your marriage is a good marriage, a happy marriage, these four words can keep it good and happy. And blessed. If your marriage is a struggling marriage, these four words can heal your marriage. I believe that if your life is to be all that God called you to be, whether married or not, that these four words will make all the difference. And so I want to speak this morning on these words do everything in love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. For the opportunity to come together and to study the word of God. We thank you for the privilege of being loved by you. And I pray this morning that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach and preach the word of the living God. And that you would anoint this congregation that they might receive the word and put it to use in their life. We ask this in Jesus name and the church said amen. I want to speak this morning about these four words because they flow as a command from the heart of God. And since we are celebrating nationally Valentine's Day and this day in which we think about love, I want to deal first of all with three particular phases of love as it regards relationships. And the first phase is looking for love. The human heart is looking for love. This is a reality in every human heart and in every human life. Human beings, man or woman, uh, a, a young adult or teenager or child, everyone seeks to be loved. There's a part of every heart that desires to be loved, to be wanted and to be appreciated and to be cared for unconditionally. 
That desire in the heart of man is real. Uh, you, can, uh, you can try to deny it or say, you know what, I don't need anybody else. I don't need anyone's help. I don't need anyone's company. I don't need anyone else in my life. But the fact is that the human heart longs to be loved. And the real answer th- today to this idea of looking for love is that until a person finds God, they really cannot find complete and true love. For you see, the Bible says that God is love. So when we talk about looking for love, we're talking about looking for God. Man ultimately is looking for satisfaction that can only be found in the heart of God. The Bible tells us about the love of God. It says that God so loved the world that He gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting love. Look at these characteristics of the love of God with me this morning. First of all, God's love is a stubborn love. I use the word stubborn not to describe a deficiency in God, but so that you and I can understand what I mean. That God's love is persistent. He is a, a God that loves persistently, stubbornly. You may reject Him. You may ignore Him. You may turn Him aside, and yet He loves you. The love of God is a hopeful love. It's the kind of love that sees the hope and the future of our lives. Even when we're not walking with God, God's love is full of hope toward us and toward our future. God's love is a pursuing love. He initiated the relationship that you and I have with Him today. He pursued you. He chased you. It is the love that doesn't keep to itself, but that that pursues. The love of God is a forgiving love. He gives to us the grace of being forgiven of having the slate wiped clean. This is a gift from the Almighty God, and it is an act of love. The love of God is a, a love full of delight. God delights in loving you. God delights in being your God, in pursuing your heart. And He delights in you knowing Him. The love of God is a serving love. It is the kind of love in which we hear Jesus say, I did not come to be served, but to serve. That is the essence of love, is it not? We see the love of God is a sanctifying love. It leads us always to purity and to holiness. The love of God is a providing love. God provides for our needs and our wants out of the eternal greatness of His love. And the love of God is an all-knowing love. God knows us, each one, in every detail, and He loves us. And so when I talk about the fact that man is looking for love, the only place to find that kind of love is in God. I'll tell you this, friends, that once you have found that love, then God's love will teach you how to look for love and where and will set the boundaries on love and affection. The love of God will teach you how to love your neighbor. It will also teach you how to stay out of inappropriate relationships and out of places that are unpleasing to God. 
And until man can know the love of God, he can not truly know love itself. But once he knows the love of God, he has tapped into the source of all love and affection. The next phase is finding love. We call it perhaps in our culture falling in love. And that's really what this day celebrates. It celebrates the idea of falling in love or being in love and, and honest and, uh, and, and true emotional experience in the human heart. And I want you to know, first of all, that the, the emotions involved in falling in love are, are designed by God. They are created by God. They are a reflection of His being. And within the confines of, of marriage and within the beauty of God-ordained relationship, it is a beautiful thing. The experience of falling in love has inspired songs and poems and has inspired great feats of strength. And that is certainly something that uh, every person, every heart longs for. But that gives way to the third phase. And that is the phase about which we are speaking this morning. And that is walking in love or staying in love. You see, falling in love is not always an act of one's will. That's why they call it falling. It kind of just happens to people. But staying in love or walking in love is a decision. It's a, it's a conscious and intentional action on the part of the person who loves. And so the Apostle Paul writes these words and he says, Do everything in love. Stay in love. Walk in love. To walk in love is taught in the word of God over and over again. Second John chapter 1 verse 6 says this. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Just as you have heard from the beginning, you shall walk in it. John chapter 14 verse 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so we learn that to walk in love is to walk in the will of God, in the command of God. And so when we read these instructions from Paul, and he says, do everything in love, I want us to explore that little phrase, in love. What does that mean? Well, first of all, the phrase in love speaks of the atmosphere. Do everything in the atmosphere of love. You say, Pastor, what is the atmosphere of love? Is that... When, uh, when my wife and I have a candlelit dinner and, uh, and we have an atmosphere of love. No, that's, that's alright, but that's not what I'm talking about. Here the Apostle Paul says do everything in love and the Greek word that he uses is the word agape. The word agape is an unconditional love. A, a love that is not caused by anything in another person. And the honest fact is the only one who has agape love is God. God is the source of unconditional love. And so when Paul says walk in love, he's saying walk in the atmosphere of God. Walk in love that is empowered by God. And the reality of life 
is that some people are easy to love. And some people are harder to love. And some are maybe impossible to love. And for all of those, we need the love of God. The agape, the unconditional love. The love that loves a son when he's rebellious. The love that loves a a brother or sister when they have failed. The love that causes you to go the extra mile. This kind of love, this agape, is not conditioned on what someone else has done for you or for me. And this love can only be found in the atmosphere of God's presence. Now there are two ingredients that you and I need for that. First of all, we need the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And so, if the fruit of the Spirit is love, and you want to have this love in your life, you're going to have to walk by the Spirit. And listen, uh, the, the recipe for success in love, the recipe for success in marriage, in family relationship, is to be led by the Spirit of God. Because He will tell you how to speak, when to speak. He will lead you into all truth. Sometimes you can get into trouble by letting your flesh do the talking. But when you let the Spirit lead, the Spirit will lead you and the fruit will be love. The next thing that you need is to walk in faith. In order to live in the atmosphere of love, you and I have to walk in faith. The Bible says that faith works through love. And so, these two ingredients are absolutely inseparable. You've got to have faith. And faith has to have love. There might be some people in your life that you struggle to love because of the decisions they've made or, or the way that they've hurt you or harmed you. And yet, faith will cause you to rise up and love them. Faith will cause you to see in them what they can be in God and by the will of God. And so when we walk in faith and we walk by the Spirit, we are living a life empowered by the love of God. That's the first thing Paul is referring to. When he says, let everything be done in love, he's saying, let everything be done in the atmosphere of love. Then he has a a second idea here, and that is that everything is to be done out of love, meaning with the motive or motivated by love. When you and I do something out of love, it is different than doing it out of a self-interest or out of a benefit to us. If I go to work and I get paid an hourly, hourly salary, I didn't go to work out of love. I went to work out of need for that salary. And so Paul is saying, let everything be done out of love. Let the motive of your doing be love. Let your love, let your actions, I should say, be motivated by love. Now this this has two ideas as well. First of all, is the attitude of love. We read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It talks about the attitude of love. It says, love is patient. The attitude of love is patience. 
If you're wondering this morning, am I doing everything out of love? Ask yourself this question. Uh, use this little test. Am I patient? Am I patient with the people in my life? Am I patient with their growth? Am I patient with their maturity? Am I patient with the circumstances around me at work? Because patience is one of the attitudes of love. Another one is kindness. The Bible says love is kind. You know, we have a deficit of kindness in our culture today. A constantly growing deficit of kindness and gentleness exists in our culture. But love has the attitude of kindness. The desire to show humanity to other people. Not because I know them or because I owe them anything, but because they are just like me, created in the image of God. And so the attitude of love is to be kind. Sometimes you'll see a husband or a wife who are very kind at work. Really, they're being professional. They say, yes, sir, and no, sir, and no, ma'am, and yes, ma'am, and then they get home, and they slam the cabinet doors, and they, they shout it at one another, and this is a deficit of kindness. Paul says, let everything be done in love, the attitude of love, and then the motive. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 speaks of the motive. It says, love does not envy. Love does not seek its own. Love does not boast. Love is not easily angered. And love keeps no record of wrong. So Paul is saying, let our actions be motivated by love, not by envy. Let our actions be motivated by love, not by seeking our own self-interest. Let our actions be motivated by our love, not by our pride. Motivated by love, not by anger or wanting to settle the score. And so he's teaching us to do everything we do out of love. Out of that flow of the presence of God in our life. I'm sure we've all seen it. We've all seen someone be insulted. And yet they answered with love. We've all seen, and maybe even in our own life, we've seen someone hurt us. And yet the answer of our heart was love. Why? Because of the presence of God. And when God is in your heart, what's going to come out of your heart is His love, is His grace, is His kindness, and His patience toward men. Now finally, Paul is referring to this. He says, do everything in love. And if you look at verse 13, he gives you a list of the things that he's talking about. And he says there in verse 13, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Be, be men of courage and be strong. He tells us, do all these things in love. Let's look through those this morning. First of all, he says, be on the alert. Jesus said, watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. What we understand here is that in the Bible, this, uh, in the, this the command to be on the alert is a command to prayer. 
It's an instruction to pray. And so Paul is saying you need to be people of prayer, but pray in love. Pray out of love. You realize that one of the most loving things you and I can do for someone else is to pray for them. To bring them before God. To lift up their need before the Lord. To, to understand the need of another life. To share in lifting that burden by prayer. It is a uniquely Christian experience. It is such a privilege that God gives to us the ability to pray, to stand in prayer for someone else. And Jesus taught us a secret because he said, if someone insults you, don't return the insult for insult, but rather bless them and pray for them. Why does Jesus tell us to pray for someone that just insulted us or to uh to bless someone who has insulted us or offended us. Because here's the fact. You cannot hate someone that you are blessing. And you cannot hate. It's very difficult to hate someone you are praying for. And so the Apostle Paul is tying all of these ideas together. And he says when you are hurt, when you are wounded, when you are mad, when you are discouraged at somebody's actions, pray for them. And bless them. This is what he means by doing it in love. Then he says, stand firm in the faith. The idea here is that you and I must stand up for the truth. We must stand for the word of God. Especially in our day. We're living in days where God's word is being, is being pushed aside by our culture. We see a, a deficit of truth and a deficit of love in our culture. And yet, they don't turn to God. They don't love God. But you and I, we must stand firm in the truth. We must hold fast to sound doctrine. We must hold fast to the teaching of God's word. But look at what Paul says. He says, do it in love. Why do you think Paul adds that? That phrase there. Well, I believe it's because by human nature, when we believe that we're right, when we know that we're right about something, it can be easy to run over other people. It can be easy to become a judge. To say, you know what, I know what's right. I know what's right and wrong about homosexuality, or I know what's right and wrong about abortion, or I know what's right and wrong about uh, these other areas of, of life. And yet, being right and knowing what's right does not give us a license to step out of love. The Bible says that we are to speak the truth in love. And so Paul says, stand firm in the faith. Defend the gospel, defend the word of God, but do so with love. Understanding that the people that you and I are preaching the truth to are loved by God. And on the, on the opposite side of that coin is the fact that by preaching the truth, we are loving our neighbor. We are showing kindness. 
by letting the world know what the word of God says. Then Paul says, be a man. He gives the instruction, be a man. Ultimately, Paul is not talking about be a macho or be a man, but he's in the, in that sense, but he's saying be mature. Be mature in your love. Grow up. Be a man, but be a man who loves. The idea for us this morning ought to be that you can be a man and also love. That manliness does not deny love. Sometimes the culture teaches that. At least the culture around us might teach that real men don't say I love you. Or real men don't show affection. Or real men don't hug their children. But the fact is that a a man loves And a man loves his wife. A man loves his children. A man loves his church. A man loves his nation. And he shows it by what he says and by what he does. Let all the men say amen this morning. Be a man. Don't let anything make you less than a man. You realize today there is an attack on men, on men. There is an attack on men in a a lot of different areas. Almost every man depicted on television sitcoms is depicted as a buffoon or an idiot. That's the picture our culture wants to ascribe to manhood. The Bible says be a man. There are even attempts in our culture by women to make men more like women. Listen, ladies, God didn't call that man to be a woman. He didn't call that man to be your girlfriend. He made him a man and he is uh, designed by God as such. So what does Paul say? Be a man, but do everything in love. Use your strength to love. Use all that characteristic of that nature to demonstrate your love for God, your love for your wife, your love for your children. The Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians and he says, he says to them, husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ Loved the church. And he gave himself for it. The love of Christ was demonstrated. By going to the cross. By sacrifice. By putting others first. And that's God's instruction for us this morning. Do everything in love. That is an important message. Not just because of the holiday, but because the Bible says that in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. The reality of the Bible teaching there is that in the last days, things will become 
more and more wicked. People will become more and more wicked. They'll get further and further from God. And the outcome of that will be the loss of love. What have we seen in our nation? This last 12 months, we've seen a loss of love. And Jesus said that. He said in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. That's why this message is important for you and I. Because you and I have to keep our love life with God, with our spouse, toward our children. We've got to keep our love on fire because of a wicked generation all around us. We've got to be reminded every single day. That we don't walk by the power of an emotion. We don't love just because everything's going our way. We don't love just because we have money in the bank. We don't love just because we got the fulfillment that we wanted. We love because God within us loves this world and he loves through us. By the power of his infinite love. Let everything you do be done in love. I want us to close this morning by praying. Let's do what this passage says. Let's pray in love. I want you to prepare in your mind the list of people that you want to pray for this morning. Start with yourself. And let's ask God to help you to love Him more than anything else. Jesus wrote to one of the churches and He says, I have one thing against you. You've lost your first love. You've lost your passion. So let's pray this morning about a re- resurrection of passion. In your heart, in your life. Then I want you to pray for your spouse. If you're, if you're married, I want you to pray for your spouse. If you're not married, I want you to pray for your future spouse if that's God's will. If you're married, pray for your husband, pray for your wife this morning. That God will teach you how to love them. Out of His love. That he'll make you more passionate about your marriage. And if you're not married yet, pray this morning about your future spouse. Because she is out there somewhere. He is out there somewhere. And you ought to be praying for them already. That God will protect them and guard them. And shield their heart. Then I want you to pray for those people in your life. This morning that the Spirit of God would bring to your heart. Pray for them out of love. Out of the earnest desire to see them blessed. To see them become the men and women that God designed them to be. Coming all over this place. Let's lift our hands. You at home. Lift your hands to heaven. Let's have a prayer meeting this morning. Watch and pray in love this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Invite an invasion of God's love and grace into your heart.
Almighty God, restore the passion. Ignite the fire. 